0: Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Vampire Weekday. Once again, I'm joined by my co-host Kevin as we tackle the kids don't stand a chance off of Vampire Weekend's first LP, Vampire Weekend. Classic, a hit. We play the hits on this, right, Kevin? What a great song this is. This was released as a single. I believe the
1: last single released as a part of this album. Um, It's always funny when you have an album that's like, 10, 11 tracks, and you release like five or six songs and singles. Uh, Jack Antonoff recently did this in the most recent Bleachers record, and it's, it was interesting, but, you know, I'm taking this in 12, 13 years later, and all these songs were really good. This is a fantastic song. Do I yeah. know what it's about? I'm not
0: really sure, <laughs> but it's a fantastic song. Yeah, I, I tend to be not a fan of when people will do that. I think one or two singles, I understand why they do that and it's good for them, so it's fine, but it kind of takes away from the album experience when it comes. I remember the prime example is Glass Animals' most recent album. Uh, There was like five songs that were released way ahead of the album and so it felt like those were just like a different album.
1: Yeah. It's also very different in a streaming era versus a physical media era because like, if you look at an album like Born in the USA, that had seven top ten singles, but you could absolutely see a person only wanting to own Dancing in the Dark, for example, you know? Mm-hmm. And you could physically own, like, a 12-inch single of Dancing in the Dark if you wanted to, yeah. as opposed to owning the entire album. Nowadays, it doesn't really matter, because if you get the album, it's like, that's the whole thing's right there, you know?
0: Yeah, that is a good point. Um, but yeah, it's last song on the album. It definitely feels like a closer. Um, it's it's a uh, happy sounding but it definitely in terms of the themes goes towards what we said about how Vampire Weekend likes to have their last song or second to last songs right the Can second to last song we, we always
1: talked about how the second to last song was like very deep and monumental and the last song was a little bit of a, a relief I don't mm. think you really have that
0: here yeah I, I don't think they had established it yet Um, if anything
1: the entire second half of this song is instrumental and it's Mm -hmm. really pretty um but yeah we there's really not a ton of lyrics to the
0: song despite it being over four minutes long no there really is not um but in terms of what lyrics are there um yeah on first glance it screams the traditional vampire weekend colonialism all that right but I looking a little into it. There's there's actually an interview by Ezra that said that first of all, this song, not everything in the song goes together. It's not meant to. It's a lot of non sequiturs, kind of like we talked about later in Vampire Weekend's discography. Um, but it's mainly based on him graduating college and questioning why did I study this. Why didn't I study something that would have benefited me more in the long run? Um, and asking himself, does it benefit me more in the long run? Is financial benefit better than emotional well being? So these are the questions that I think the song deals with.
1: Yeah. And it's, it's funny when we have a song like this, where, you know, after the song's released, we actually have a good sense of what the artist intended. Um, and we kind of had a similar situation with um, one where it's like, we almost know what the song's about and then it's kind of figuring out how the pieces fit into that. Mm-hmm. We have a similar situation here where you know the, our immediate dig at it, I mean, at the beginning of the show might've just been that, you know this is about colonialism or whatever because that's, it's actually funny that that's like the low hanging fruit or like the easy answer because that's been our default for so many of these. And a number of folks that we saw online did take a stab at that and it's a lot prettier, I feel like, to think of it as this like kind of fragile and vulnerable looking at, wow, should I really be doing this my- with my life? Like, am I taking the right course of action? You know, like there's, there's a great vulnerability to that. I, 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 I love that this song is about that, you know?
0: Yeah, I definitely agree. It's a lot more personal than it would have been if it was some commentary on colonialism like a lot of the other songs it is interesting i mean it could be a secondary meaning i'm not discrediting that but it is interesting that genius kind of took that and ran with it and, totally and i was i was surprised i was like come on guys like dig a little <laughs> and honestly i think if, if you don't have the words
1: france and egyptian in here there's nothing yes. there. there's agreed. absolutely nothing there agreed um i think the, the most telling point um I shouldn't say the most telling point, but I think the, one of the turn, we'll go line by line here, but one of the big turning points, in the song is towards the end where we get this, I didn't like the business, but that was at first glance. And you yeah. can open that up to anything, right? Um, but to have that as one of the last lyrics on the album is very powerful and very sad, right? Um, to resign yourself to a certain reality, a certain emotional state, after experiences it's tough and you know we all do this at times right we all have to grow up a little bit um as much as i wouldn't like to you have to grow up a little bit um and uh, it's bleak and this is might not even be a bad thing but just to accept that is important and significant
0: yeah yeah, it definitely has um i think your contra vibes in the sense that like someone is growing up and or um, We use growing up, but it's, I don't even know if that's the right terminology, but moving on from their revolutionary days and kind of falling into the corporate structure and falling into suburbia.
1: Yeah. Or even just, you know, settling in like mm-hmm. my parents had their same jobs for 20, 30 years now. They like what they're doing. They like their lives, but it's, you know, they just kind of been doing the same thing for a while. That's okay. That's not necessarily a bad thing, but
0: you got to grow up. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh yeah, it definitely seems like a personal, very personally written song for for Ezra. Um and then it's mainly produced by Rostam which makes sense given the sound structure there. Totally. Um but yeah, we can dive in line by line. A devastating backstroke all the way from France with shiny shiny cufflinks, a shirt sleeve to enhance. Um so yeah, backstroke uh, is another term for backhand and tennis so a lot of people jumped on that I, I think it's like Ezra said there's these non-sequiturs but this is part of the song that creates this environment of wealth and of uh, corporatism where it's like oh on the weekends, we go play tennis at the country club with her. And then, like, we go out that night to a nice restaurant with her shiny, shiny cufflinks. Um, and I don't really get the shirt sleeve to enhance. But
1: yeah, I mean, I mean, that, that to me, again, it's, it's the whole thing here is you're it's exposition. You know, you're painting a picture and it's not necessarily all the same picture, but thematically it's all generally the same idea right so even though it might like you said it might be non-sequiturs but you are kind of establishing a theme and i think that's what this this first stanza here does
0: yeah i all the way from france like you said is kind of the line that throws people off makes it seem like oh maybe it's colonialism but i i just thought of like france there tends to be an idea of kind of elite socialism, or like a so, elite socialite there. Um, mm-hmm. So that's that's the vibe I got.
1: Yeah, no, I, I, I feel that as well.
0: And then the first chorus, the pinstriped men of mourning are coming forward to dance with pure Egyptian cotton. The kids don't stand a chance. I really want this to be about
1: the New York Yankees, but I don't think it is. <laughs> I want it to be. Couple- I didn't even...
0: Link that one bit.
1: <laughs> we have a couple of friends of the program who are big Yankees fans, so if you guys want to get
0: on this, we'd really appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, no, I, I think it's just businessmen <laughs> going to the local Ivy leagues where the band went, um, and recruiting to sell their soul to the corporate land. You could also take a look at it. Are coming
1: for to dance? You could look at it as you know, people, business people like. People with nine to fives, they still want to live out and party and have a good time, right? Oh, I mean, we, I... we all want to. We all want to see live music. We all want to go dance somewhere. Like, there's a little bit of that there to me. You know what I mean?
0: Mm, okay.
1: Because you're, I think in, in that sense there, you're starting to paint this contrast between the corporate world and the entertainment world, and we find our songwriter here at that crossroads.
0: Yeah, I definitely read it more as a um kind of imagery of the recruitment process and the application process so it's like oh we're going to do this dance where we recruit you and then you apply and you email us like saying and it's like this like fancy elitism dance i really like that that's cool because <laughs> it just you know, gave my, me vibes of the career fair at notre oh dame that's exactly such. what you painted
1: in my mind <laughs> yeah so we had a we had a big ass career fair at notre dame that was actually set up inside the football stadium concourse and you had a a lot of the same companies came year after year and you'd have lines of dozens and dozens of kids and they have great jobs they're doing well for themselves but it's a little bit of a resignation to the corporate world Any way you want to paint it. It's the way it is. I've done it. I have a great corporate job. I like my job, but it happens, right And Ezra's point of view is that the kids don't stand a chance in that sense. Yeah, and they're you're just right
0: thrown into the system.
1: Exactly. you have to give up a little bit of yourself to be a part of that.
0: Yeah that's the way it is. I actually never attended um, the career fair as someone going to grad school. I almost track. I almost went one year just to meme, um, (laughs) but uh, and just to see what it was like. But it was too much effort to get dressed and everything. And I think it was like really cold that day or something like that. Well,
1: the one the one senior year was really hot, and they said you could go business casual. Um, and to me, business casual is just, I mean, that's an invitation to have a lot of fun, really. Add more, add more <laughs> color shirts. to your wardrobe.
0: I think <laughs> no. I went, I think no I Egyptian went Egyptian cotton there.
1: No, no Egyptian cotton. I think I went um, button down, navy jacket, and then pocket square because, I mean, pocket squares are fun, right?
0: Yeah. And then you, you criticize the practice by murdering their plants, ignoring all the history, denying them romance.
1: So I'm curious who the you is and who the reader is supposed to be in this case. You know what I mean? Because if we look at that line, murdering their plants, I mean, that could mean all sorts of things, but that to me looks like a critique of the industry, right? I mean, that's my first guess and whatever it may mean, but then the first line is you criticize the practice and then we have by murdering their plants. So I'm curious who is supposed to be speaking here. You know what I mean?
0: What if it's um, they're when they're younger, they did some prank on some big old company by going to their headquarters and putting poison on the plants outside.
1: I think that's that, that's, <laughs> that's what it is. <laughs> they they put a bunch of Roundup on the uh, on the mums outside, and then all the yeah. Sudden, I don't
0: uh, know. I was I was kind of confused <laughs> by it too because it would make more sense if it's saying. Um, the industry's doing this to the kids. They're murdering their plans. And so it, I know it's written as plants, but it could be meaning both as in like their roots and also their plans, their future plans.
1: Yeah. I, there, there's definitely something there. Um, you and you also look at plants could be like literally like an industry plant or mm-hmm. like a plant is potentially being a young individual, you know, like a young seed plants growing up you know something like that
0: yeah and then denying them romance I thought definitely bought into that with you when you grow up you have this romantic ideal of your life and at a certain point a lot of people give that up to go into some other field that might be more
1: lucrative absolutely yeah and you look at that line just before they're ignoring all of the history as almost mm-hmm. a sense of like we know this happens and yet we're going to continue to act in this manner anyway
0: yeah definitely so yeah it's it's really unclear because <coughs> verse three is definitely talking about the person being kind of brought into this corporate world uh so to make more sense for verse two to follow the same thing it's just by murdering their plants that doesn't follow that. It's a little tough. Yeah, I'm, yeah. Not, I'm not really sure how, how we're supposed to read that. Yeah. Then chorus two is pretty much the same as chorus one, except instead of with pure Egyptian cotton, it's $40 million. Is there any you, significance there?
1: Yeah, I didn't, I didn't
0: find anything about that particular sum of money. Did you see anything? Um, so, someone linked it to the cost of security at protests uh, for companies is, like, a lot of money, and it can get to oh, that amount. So, like, Occupy Wall Street-type protests.
1: Oh, like, like a private company would pay, or like a bank would pay to protect themselves.
0: Yeah, or even the city would pay to break up the protests or the riots or whatever
1: yeah it's a very specific sum of money though so you'd have to imagine that Ezra had something in mind you know
0: yeah yeah or he just thought it sounded cool okay (laughs) there's always that possibility (laughs) yeah I, I think he had something in mind it's just it's hard to track it when it's 13 years later and i don't know (laughs) yeah totally and then verse three i didn't like the business but that was at first glance your pillow feels so soft now but still you must advance this is a really nice little verse here it's great um it's
1: it's it's just a complete resign uh like I don't know, it's like complete resignation, but like an absolute understanding of like, this is how things are now. And the, the line about your pillow feels so soft now is I've yeah. become comfortable in my space, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's just like such a, a visceral feeling. We we all know how good it feels to, you know, lie down in bed and go to sleep, right? Um, and that's just, it's it's such a relatable lie to talk about. This is how comfortable I feel in my space.
0: Yeah, it's definitely just, I, I think- when you said resonation, I think that's a good word for it. Um, I think the the person is just giving up and falling into that world, mm-hmm. and it's just like once once you're tempted, you you go with it. Mm-hmm.
1: Um. So what do you think the advance means? Your pillow feels so soft, like you're you're comfortable, but yet you still feel like you need to keep working.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So. Oh. Okay. So that's interesting because they didn't like the business, but that was at first glance. And so it's not clear that they've joined the business yet. And so it might be saying like, you're okay where you are right now, but still you feel the need to advance, to get more money, to be more comfortable, even though the pillow is soft (laughs) now, even though you can live the way you're living. Yeah, um, in this case for Ezra as a English major or whatever um, it's you still feel the desperate need to catch up to those peers who did
1: yeah I, that's, corporate
0: I, I, elitism. that's a good read of it I like that
1: because it makes sense you know if we, if we look at this character we've all had this moment where you know even slightly post college or just ever before college you know you think like shoot like, what if I did the wrong thing? It sounds like that's what Ezra wrote this song about, and
0: so that makes sense. There, it's like I got to keep going, you know. Yeah, yeah. As as someone in grad school with a lot of friends who have full time jobs, yes, <laughs> <laughs> it is it is a very true feeling. So, <laughs> judging by
1: all your tweets about the Nobel Prize recently, I think that you like chemistry though. So <laughs> something
0: like that. <laughs> um, and then you have. Uh, the final chorus before that instrumental the pinstripe men of mourning. the partners in the dance um so ooh, that's so that's an interesting transition because before it was our coming forward to dance but now now they're they're already partners so yeah it's that's they've in between chorus two and chorus three uh they struck the deal they're in they're in they're in the corporate world the partners in the dance, the papers shot the pieces. The kids don't stand a chance. (laughs) The papers shot to pieces. That one's tough for me. So I genius said like, Oh, the long shot here, but maybe this is a diploma. And at first I was like, that is a long shot. But the more we talk about it, it kind of would make sense. If you're someone who had these lofty ideals and got your diploma in English studies or or something like that some liberal arts degree and then you still end up in some corporate mega company that diploma is meaningless that diploma was your ideals and now it's just it's shot to pieces or on the other side if you pursue a
1: artistic or creative passion because that's what you majored in because you want to do it and it falls flat then all of a sudden well this diploma is worthless because now i can't monetize my passion and i don't have the prerequisites to get like a quote unquote like nine to five like like business job what do i do now
0: yeah folks never monetize your passion Never I mean, monetize your passion. That's why, that's we, why we are free.
1: The- We're free for you, the people. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's why we don't monetize the podcast, obviously. Um, how do we feel about the homonym of morning and morning? Oh, wow. Okay. I never made that link. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I guess they could be sad with their own lives, yet they still recruit more into it. It also
1: could be the sense of like this is a funeral elegy, like you're putting to bed the mm. dreams of the past. You know, yeah. it's sad Jeez. to see them because there's it's you have this job, but at the same time, like you've let go of your previous passions.
0: Yeah, I, I definitely could see that. Um, yeah, and so now that brings us to a few. Covers slash remixes. Performances, yeah. Slash samples. So first, I want to cover the Chromio remix, which is fantastic. We found a, well, Nico
1: found a, a video from 2008 that had unregistered Hypercam 2 in the top left corner, which was just a real joy to see. <laughs> um, I think the biggest takeaway from this video to me, apart from, like, the fantastic like rendition of the song is how Ezra is wearing the like very preppy
0: outfit on stage he's, he's wearing a Beatles outfit like it's crazy he has the Beatles haircut it's nuts <laughs> yeah he it, it also is just striking because the remix the studio version is pretty different and a lot more tame this one is just like full-on Daft Punk discovery like you have the The like robot voice at one point you have the um instant um no not instant crush um what's the song off of discovery that is i'm not the daft punk guy that's uh, you (laughs) it's digital love you have the digital love kind of synth going um and so i thought that was interesting because it's very different than the actual remix um but yeah they partnered with the band Chrome, the duo chromio so that's something
1: <laughs> yeah i um we and we know we, we've talked about how ezra has um collab with chromio in the past they do some great work um they're 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 a good group and this is just this is just fun here um i'm curious um well my voice just cracked there damn um <laughs> i'm curious um cuz we know we've talked about how the band has jammed out some songs more recently, like in the Father the Bride Tour. I wonder if this would be a good candidate for kind of like an extended jam sash. Cause when we already sort of have that at the tail end of the song, we saw snippets of what could be with this performance. It seems like a good candidate for that.
0: Yeah, definitely. It's not the same like grateful dead jam, but yeah, it's totally. definitely falling into that. Um, but then the weirder one, in my opinion, is uh American rapper B.O.B. <laughs> is, is it pronounced Bob? I, I don't know.
1: I have no idea.
0: But famous for radio hits Nothing On You, Airplanes, and Magic. Um, on his studio album, B.O.B. presents The Adventures of Bobby Ray. He had the single um, The Kids featuring Janelle Monae, which just straight up uses The Kids' So Stand a Chance. Um, and yeah it's 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 like it's pretty much a cover but with some changed lyrics
1: i actually missed this i didn't hear this at all
0: yeah it's I'll it's not it afterwards i don't think it's good <laughs> <In my laughs> sense, yeah. it, it seems like a lazy addition to the album like it would have been interesting if he did something new with it but he kind of just talks in the same rhythm that Ezra does so it's not even like he's rapping over it because I was kind of excited when I heard about this and thought it was gonna be like another Kid Cudi uh cover like in the the last song but which was objectively it was, very cool yeah but it, this was not like that so but it is weird because it's like this came out of 2010 and I guess Vampire Weekend was big enough that stuff like this was happening because this album kind of went big yeah I, I really don't have a sense of how big the
1: band was at that time. you do obviously um, but it's always interesting to, to track a band immediately after their debut because what's fascinating to me is we see when we do these LP1 and LP2 songs about how many different performances there are mm-hmm. you know there was um I forget the organization that sponsored those kind of stripped down concerts um, um, NPR. there was. One- no, it wasn't. It wasn't a tiny desk. It was some European outfit because this was like somewhere in Europe. I couldn't tell where. Um, but they had a performance of this song. Um, like they did the late night tour. They were on SNL. Like I mean, yeah, had they had stuff going
0: right. they were big, but I just didn't realize they were cross genre big. Apparently so. Because what what alternative band right now is is like that? It's like big enough. Um, yeah.
1: Like, you and I, I are kind of... Imagine
0: Dragons, but, like, them, I guess.
1: Imagine Dragons, I had a good conversation with this. Imagine Dragons' stuff is technically classified as, like, rock.
0: They win, yeah, like, a lot of yeah, the categories for rock. To
1: or, like, Billboard, like, categorizes them as rock if you look at top rock songs in the 2010s. First of all, don't look at top rock songs in the 2010s. Mm-hmm. It's not good. <laughs> um, also, like, you and I are, like, oh, I don't want to say tainted. The killers, I would say... Um, I don't know if you want to throw Haim in there, but they were nominated for album of the year. True. I mean, that's, I don't know if they're alternative, quote unquote. Um, Thundercats touring with the uh, Chili Peppers. Your boy got tickets to see that. So I'm excited <laughs> about that. Um, he's kind of becoming a big deal. Yeah. Um, but other than that, like, you're right. There's not a ton of like mainstream crossover from the alternative world. Phoebe's yeah. trying. She's not really there yet. Um, but it's, it's just not there. You're right.
0: Yeah, so that's kind of why I was, surprised um yeah it's just alternative doesn't really go into rap much but um uh, Cab for cutie was featured on chance's album that we don't speak of oh that one that's right yeah. <laughs> um there were some good songs on that
1: there were a few good songs
0: i wouldn't know i listened to it like one time it was, i couldn't do it again i
1: listened to it one time all the way through and it's like the guy who made color book okay he bought a house in the suburbs like mr like Mr. Southside, Mr. 79th Street. He had a he had a condo in the loop, which is like fine, whatever. And then the dude, like, he gave he he got a freaking house in the burbs. Um, on in
0: Chicago, man. It's terrible.
1: It's actually terrible. <laughs> the, the dude gave up.
0: Yeah. I I just remember that album came out and I was so excited to listen to it based on coloring book being so good that I was driving somewhere with my mom and I was like, I'm gonna put this on. It just came out and my mom was like is this supposed to be good I'm like no <laughs> I'm trying to think
1: I liked do you remember was the song that featured Death yeah. Cab for Qt and I yeah, actually did like that, that I like that track uh the one with John Legend all day long is actually kind of a banger um there was nothing else for teaming on there because the skits <laughs> were like bad um
0: yeah. it just felt like a bad Kanye early Kanye impersonation exactly um the good thing is there's
1: no such thing as bad early kanye because i mean y'all He's know we, y'all know how we feel about kanye yeah um i it told Nico. says I was,
0: the man who still hasn't listened to don the full through hey i was i was watching
1: i was watching sunday service performances this morning okay
0: still unforgivable my
1: friend my friend group in chicago is a bunch of yay stands, so it's it's gonna happen eventually Um, No, it's bad. It's really bad. I totally get it, but it's like I'm trying to get utility out of the other Kanye albums while I still can.
0: I, I think I've listened to Donda probably it's definitely double digits
1: see that's i'm happy for you <laughs> but, folks we're talking to the guy whose favorite kanye album is pablo which is not a bad thing i mean it's that's just,
0: mine too no
1: that's what i'm saying no that's what I'm saying. yours is okay. my favorite is college dropout so we're okay. just two different types of kanye fan here
0: that's okay
1: True. it's just i'm trying to chase whatever happened in
0: 2004 mm. did you at Lisa listen to the lauren hill joint shame this, this is shame. bad this is, this, this is
1: I, i'm not even confirmed wavy anymore
0: no you you've really lost the label you'll have to <laughs> regain it before the pod ends it's true you only have because like the... like 12 weeks to do it
1: because the, the podcast itself is confirmed
0: wavy but um I know, I'm not <laughs> but not <anymore>. all co-hosts <laughs> so so all co-hosts are confirmed wavy but some co-hosts are more wavy <laughs> more wavy than others yeah, yeah it's, it's like animal farm <laughs> exactly <laughs> oh boy so yeah final thoughts on the song great song really really good song yeah it's it's might be my favorite off the album
1: we haven't done m79 yet but we'll see we'll see We <laughs> yes, i don't know what m79 is about yet it just bangs but we'll see
0: i always think m7 m79 doesn't have lyrics and then i'm like wait what am i thinking it definitely totally totally has, has lyrics <laughs> racist
1: dreams you shouldn't have. That's definitely a lyric, Nico. (laughs) Yeah,
0: we'll (laughs) We'll we'll dive into that at some point. So, uh, favorite lyric, I'll go first, because I really want it. I didn't like the business, but that was at first glance. Okay, I'm going to be
1: ignoring all the history, denying them romance. Mm, That's a good one. Top five. This Life, Stranger, Flower Moon, uh unbelievers and kids don't stand a chance
0: mm. flower moon uh spring snow uh, kids don't stand a chance ottoman and um what's the modern vampires one? i keep everlasting saying? arms everlasting arms i wasn't gonna
1: feed it till like, <laughs> you asked before but I, I knew you were looking for it
0: yeah <laughs> Um. So hat for this week, have to go with an A&M hat. So Maroon, a and in the state of Texas, uh, little, little logo going. But defeated number one Alabama, had no hope going into that game. I actually yes, yeah. tweeted saying, watching the AM and and Notre Dame games simultaneously because I like pain. And then both of them won. So who knows what I know? So – Today's the 10th. Um,
1: October 9th, 2021 was probably the best overall day of college football I've ever seen. Yeah. Like wall so to
0: wall, amazing stuff. Someone went and had and ranked the top ones based on like an algorithm of like top 10 games, top 25 games, like last second finishes and play out or like national championship implications. And it was ranked the 10th ever. For best ever. I mean, considering we they added one, it to it.
1: Okay, considering we had number one lose, and we had three and four play each other, and then number yeah. two spanked the you know what out of like <laughs> a ranked team. Keep it um, family friendly. Cincinnati's number three now, Nico. Yeah, this I is crazy.
0: uh <laughs> um, Iowa is two. Oh, that was even crazier. That's just absurd. I don't blame them for ranking them too, but who else do you put there? I mean, yeah, they won the game. I mean, do you want my honest opinion on who's the second best team in the country? It's Bama. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's still and Bama. Then
1: number three is probably
0: Ohio State. Yep. Yep. In That's terms of exactly like, if you, put them on the f- them.
1: if you put them on the field right now, um,
0: yeah. I'd probably put Iowa fourth before Oklahoma, but. I, I mean, know, if, you want, if, if,
1: if, you, if you want to have this conversation, I would put, I would put Penn state above Iowa, but Penn state lost the game yesterday.
0: <laughs> True. I don't know. I don't, I don't, I am not that high on Penn state, but anyway, yeah. The number one uh, ranked college football Saturday of all time was actually the Bush push Saturday. Oh, yeah. I don't know what else Apparently happened. There were right? a bunch of other things. Okay. Yeah. So song for next week is hold you now oh beautiful so tune in next week to hear us cover the first song off of father of the bride take it easy folks